Welcome to the ACT Podcast, a program on aging, communication, and technologies. ACT is a research project based in Montreal, Quebec. We consider what it means to age in an increasingly digital world. In each episode of this program, we take a look at a different issue of importance to older adults and bring you illuminating interviews and commentary that aim to inspire and engage. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. If there's one thing that we all have in common, regardless of our age, it's that we've probably had at least one frustrating experience with our phone, TV, or internet provider. These are huge companies with lots of clients and high profit margins. At the end of the day, their bottom line is their highest priority. These frustrating experiences are only compounded by the fact that in Canada, the rates for telecom services are significantly higher than in other industrialized countries. But not everyone experiences this frustration with telecom providers in the same way. Telecom service providers have particularly preyed upon seniors, using aggressive and abusive sales practices. Since most of our essential daily services are moving online, having access to affordable telecom services should be seen not as a privilege, but as a right. That's the topic we'll be discussing on today's episode of the podcast. A 2018 report from the Commission for Complaints for Telecom Television Services found that Canadians' complaints about internet, phone, and TV companies had increased by 57% from the year before. These complaints included problems with billing, services, and sales transactions. For older adults, this problem can have serious consequences on people's financial and emotional well-being. All too often, seniors are at a receiving end of aggressive and misleading sales practices by telecommunications companies. The problem has gotten so bad that the CRTC, or Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission, launched an inquiry into abusive sales practices. Over the course of this podcast, we'll take a closer look at why this problem exists and what could be done to stop it. For some older adults, the abuse they suffer from telecom sales representatives on the phone or at their door could leave them feeling isolated. Since it's just one person on the phone with a large company, it may feel like an individual problem. But of course, it's not an individual problem, it's systemic. We can understand a systemic issue as something that happens many times, and a problem that's created and supported by structures and systems that put people in positions of vulnerability. We spoke with Constance Lafontaine, the Associate Director of ACT, to find out how ACT first came across the issue and started doing research on it. We never set out to research this issue in particular. Uh, we've been working in a lot of low-income residences for seniors and uh, giving digital literacy workshops. And one of the things we encountered were people coming to the common rooms where we were holding our workshops and then asking us to explain their bills to them, their telecom bills or asking us why they were getting certain charges. And um, and for a lot of these people getting, you know, $70 extra on their bill every month, as has been the case, can make the difference between eating sometimes and not eating. So we realized that this was a very serious issue for some seniors. And as the years continued, we noticed, we noticed that this, was, this seemed to be getting more and more frequent. 
uh, we talked to a lot of community partners that we work with, and they had also encountered this issue quite a bit. Um, and then a few years later, so going back to 2017 now, we decided to uh, provide a report to the CRTC on something different, on the future of broadcasting policy in Canada, and specifically asking seniors for their inputs on this. And so we conducted interviews with seniors and we realized that when we asked them about technology, about policy and technology, they want to talk about service providers and they start talking about the ways in which they're being mistreated by their telecommunication service providers. So we realized that this was not only a very serious issues for some seniors, especially seniors who um, are living in poverty, but we realize that this is an issue that is affecting a lot of seniors and it has unfortunately become quite normalized. So seniors were coming to researchers at ACT and sharing their woes about their telecom bills. Gradually, the problem started to seem bigger and bigger and also more systemic. Anne Keynes is an elder activist living in Montreal and she's the coordinator of RECA, Respecting Elders Communities Against Abuse. She's also been outspoken on this issue. Similarly to Constance, she spoke about how this problem would come to light when groups of seniors got together to talk about their uses of communication technologies. Well, you know, you really don't think of the stories that are anecdotal until you're sitting in a room and you're part of a group that's asked questions about something else. And then suddenly this issue comes up and we looked at each other and we realized it didn't matter who we were, we all had an experience of financial exploitation or being offered something we didn't need. And I'll give you an example. Rekha was talking about the different uh, programs that we'd like to see the CRTC promote, much more of cultural diversity, much more of access to different language programs. And it was all kind of a, a happy up discussion. But accidentally, someone mentioned, you know, uh, the use of not a smartphone, but just television, right? And that's when things broke down into critical, critical stories that each had. Personally, somebody has told me, Anne, I really don't know what I'm going to do. I don't understand what they've given me. I therefore don't even use my iPad. And I, I, I don't want to tell my daughter I'm not using it. Now, I hadn't heard this before. So in the end, we would have to say to individual groups, bring your iPad, or if you have a problem, we'll go to your place and look at your, your internet or your TV, because you shouldn't be paying this much, because you're not even using this. But in each case, it was very similar. They had been told something that they didn't quite understand, and it was rude to say they didn't understand, or they felt embarrassed to say they were not up to what they should be up to. In March 2018, CBC reported that hundreds of people working in call centers for companies like Rogers or Bell were coming forward to say that they would often get penalized by their bosses if they helped to reduce their client's monthly bill in any way. That's pretty shocking, but it gives you a sense of the incentive for employees to dupe their clients, especially the ones they see as being more vulnerable, like seniors. 
Today, the federal government ordered an investigation into sales tactics by Canada's largest telecom companies. It comes after months of stories from CBC's Go Public, documenting allegations of aggressive and misleading sales practices. When you saw this increase, did you think they'd made a mistake? Absolutely, I thought that was a mistake. Last spring, a door-to-door -door sales rep for Bell knocked on John Marco Minichillo's door. He says the rep guaranteed him a monthly price for TV, internet, and home phone. He bought in, but a few months later, that guaranteed price went up. I was just in shock. Rogers and Bell at these hearings. The, the thing is, this is about much, much more than one complaint. But this isn't just about bad employees. After all, those workers are working within organizational frameworks that encourage them to treat consumers in particular ways. CBC reported that some telecom employees earn commission for every product and service they sell, such as a home security system or extra TV channels. But they lose the potential for commission every time they cancel a customer service. Here's Constance Lafontaine from ACT again. It goes beyond a kind of mix-up or, or just a mistake that might happen. That's when you really start seeing um, proof that, that there have been abuses at certain, at certain points. Um, and then it's the reality when we, when we conducted interviews with seniors about the future of, of telecommunication policy in Canada, we spoke to about 53, we spoke to 53 people. And three quarters of them reported having issues with their telecommunication service providers. And by issues, I mean um, having suffered practices, misleading or aggressive sales practices. So this is when we, we start talking about a systemic problem. Employees are put in a position to target seniors, to lie to seniors, to basically abuse seniors. So there are often young employees who are incentivized um, through commissions-based systems or trained to really prey upon people who are at their most vulnerable in their dealing with telecommunication. Anne Keynes from RECA has even framed this problem as an issue of elder mistreatment. She spells out what that means here. RECA's mission is to raise awareness of elder mistreatment. And elder mistreatment, initially, uh, to focus on the cultural communities where immigrants didn't speak the official languages of French or English. And um, uh, we had a definition of what elder mistreatment is, and that is anything that takes away an action or actions that result in the exploitation of an elder. And that could be physical, mental, um, psychological, sexual, and financial. And we really think that what's been happening with the telecommunication companies falls very much into the category of financial exploitation. And uh, we can say that it's inadvertent, it's unintentional, but the actions do result in elder mistreatment, as far as we're concerned. So, we know that this issue of abusive telecom sales practices is bad, and that it can cause stress. We know that it can perpetuate financial hardships that many seniors live with, and we know that the problem is systemic. But what do these practices actually look like when they happen? To get a clearer picture, we're going to hear from Laura Tamblin-Watts. Laura is the Chief Public Policy Officer for CARP, the Canadian Association of Retired Persons, and she's an expert on many elder law issues, including the one we're talking about today. 
We started by asking her to set the scene and describe these abusive sales practices. Here's Laura. So imagine, if you will, an older adult at dinner time and the phone rings. And very often they are at quite inconvenient times in the day. And that's because the people who are phoning trying to get sales are often doing so at times where they think that people may be home. So it's quite often at um, a dinner hour or a breakfast hour. And they answer the phone and they're told at that time that there is a great deal and they're calling from you know one of the telecom companies or sometimes they call in and they hear that they're they just want to update some of their information either of those can be a hook at that point um they'll check in often with regards to their own account or if it's a or organization they don't have an account with they'll talk about a, some kind of great deal and at that point, the pressure sales are on. Now, remember, these things are often quite scripted and their job is to sell. And there's nothing wrong with either of those ideas up front. People are allowed to sell and they're allowed to have scripts. But what they are is very high pressure sales tactics that try to work around or over people saying no or they're not interested. And so what we see is uh, older people getting caught up on the phone, not wanting to be rude. And very often our older generation come from an era where politeness and certainly phone manners has been very important. And they get caught. Of course, when we're talking about seniors in Canada, or in any country for that matter, it's important to acknowledge that this is a very diverse population. They may not all experience these abusive sales practices in the same way. We asked Laura Tamblin Watts which group of seniors are the most impacted by this issue. What we certainly see is that this can take advantage of our poorest and people with the most degree of frailty or the most degree of intersectional challenge. And so what that can look like is, in the first instance, people who tend to be quite low income or living on a very fixed income are particularly susceptible to this idea that telecom rates would be lower. And the sales practices being what they are can notably affect them and they can get hooked into higher rates and things they can't get out of, which can have disastrous effects for their credit. For people who may be quite frail, very commonly older adults will have a challenge uh, if they have physical frailty or physical mobility getting outside the home. And so what we know is that internet can be enormously important for older people who suffer or have challenges with their physical health or well-being. And for that, they may be using e-health. They may be looking into uh, getting supports from caregivers on a long-distance basis. They may be looking to ensure that they have the highest possible speed of internet, etc., because it may actually be a bit of a lifeline for them. So the idea that higher speeds at even the same rates is very appealing or even better, higher speeds at lower rate if we're talking about internet. Mm -hmm. And we see that people who perhaps come from diverse populations and have challenges with either English or French as their first language, whether that be on the phone or in written format, can be especially challenging. And so we know in many different areas of this country, literacy rates in English and French for older people can be quite low. So they may not be able to read and understand 
the information in front of them. They're being assured by a smiling person, perhaps at their door, that all is well and all they need to do is sign. And so these types of very, um, I'll say socially vulnerable types of seniors have more at risk and are more uh, susceptible to being taken in. So the CRTC looked into abusive or aggressive sales practices by big telecom companies at the demand of the Liberal government. It issued its report in February 2019. The report confirms that misleading and abusive sales practices are widespread in the industry and that consumer protections need to be strengthened. According to CBC reporting on the issue, the CRTC says it plans to follow up its report with measures to address the problems identified through the inquiry, but most of them will require additional regulatory proceedings. One group that has been following the issue and the CRTC inquiry process closely is Open Media. Open Media is a nonprofit that works to keep the internet open and accessible in Canada, and they often monitor the moves being made by big telecom companies, who, of course, don't always act in our favor. We spoke with Laura Tribe, the executive director of Open Media in Vancouver. She noted that one of the tricky things about this issue is that there's no current legislation to stop big telecom from doing what they're doing, and they need to be reined in. Well, I think the thing right now that's the real problem is there are no consequences for it. Um, there are no punishments for misleading consumers and, and customers into purchasing other issues. So what we're really looking for is uh, financial penalties for these companies, for these kinds of practices, if it's found, uh, some sort of recourse for customers to be able to complain. There are some complaints bodies that do exist um, that we can take our concerns to, but I don't know how many people actually know about them or know how to use or navigate those systems. So making it really easy for customers to know what to do when that happens. If you're unable to resolve a complaint with your internet, phone, or TV provider, you can file one with the Commission for Complaints for Telecom Television Services, or CCTS. They're an independent organization that helps resolve disputes between customers and companies. You can file a complaint at www.cts-cprst.ca. Because I think the biggest challenge that we see when it comes to issues with the big telecom companies is people feel really helpless. You know, you're one person up against a massive company and when you call and they put you on hold or can't answer your question or just tell you sorry too bad, what do you do next? And so really making it clear that if these things happen, there's a very, very simple and clear course of action that customers can take to make sure that there is justice for them, but also that there are penalties and ramifications for these companies taking these kinds of tactics. We live in a society that is increasingly online. Services from taxes to driver's insurance to healthcare information are more available on the internet, but sometimes at the expense of being able to access them by mail, by phone, or in person. Here's Anne Keynes from RECA again. I mean, telecommunications is our lifeline for everybody now. I don't know anybody that isn't texting, that isn't, you know, depending on this, young and old. And so therefore, you really have to make it accessible and appropriate to the needs of our citizenship. Laura Tribe from Open Media explains that the problem is not necessarily this shift to online culture, but rather it's that we're leaving many people behind, including many seniors. Also, people aren't being shown how to use these digital services. It's just assumed that you're going to pick them up. 
the things that people need to navigate their lives are increasingly available online. But we're not necessarily seeing that same switch to make sure that the people that need to access them have that ability. Uh, so if your forms for your taxes are now available online, well, do you have the internet? Do you know how to use it? Do you know how to navigate PDF readers? All of the little pieces that go to making sure that you have not just the access to the technology, but the digital literacy to know how to use them effectively so that they are actually improving your life, which is the intention of them, not to make it more complicated. And so with seniors in particular, we've seen it go a few different ways. The first is that the technologies themselves are changing so quickly that if your main focus and requirement for your job is not to follow it as it is for me, it can be really hard to understand how things are changing, what different tools or technologies to use, um, how to make sure that you're up to speed. But on the other side, there's a lot of people uh, who don't have access to these technologies, don't want them, but don't realize that, for example, in the case of the bad sales practices, they've been sold it. Uh, so we've seen people who have decided they don't need the internet, they don't even know what it is, they don't know how to work it, they don't have a computer, and they're still being sold internet services at home because when you don't understand what those things are, when you don't understand what it is that you're paying for, the way the technology works, the speeds that you actually need, it's really easy to get caught up in a lot of the jargon that big telecom providers can use to make it sound like you maybe do need it. Or maybe you're not really sure, but it sounds like a bundle and that's going to make my cable cheaper. Well, it might make your cable cheaper, but you're also paying an extra $30 to $40 a month for internet that you don't need. And so unless you actually have the technical know-how to understand what it is that you're being sold, whether that's the type of service, the speed, the amount of data, all of the different things that go along with that, the cell phone plan that you're getting and what that actually means, do you really need all of the different add-ons that are coming in your plan? If you don't understand what they are, it's really hard as a customer to be able to navigate to make sure that you're getting what is right for you. Because when you're talking to these companies, their intention is to sell to you. And so we see that particularly amplified in seniors because it hasn't been their upbringing to navigate these systems in the same way as teenagers growing up with a data plan who know exactly how many videos they can watch before they're going to hit their cap, um, things like that, that are really integrated into our understanding of how the internet works now, if that's what you grew up with. But if you're just using it to check email, maybe that's not your reflex and maybe you don't understand what a data cap is or why it matters or what an overage fee is. And yet you become subject to them without your telecom provider just really making sure that you're clear on what's happening. The issue that we've been exploring in this podcast can be a scary one. For seniors who are being overcharged on their telecom bills, it can make the difference between eating or going more into debt every month. Thankfully, there are things that we can do about it, both at a personal and a policy level. Here's Laura Tamblin Watts from CARP again, offering some really good advice for what you can do if you think you're being subject to abusive sales practices. If you're concerned about it, it's very important to ask them to provide you the written information. So don't just sign up over the phone or at the door. Sometimes they'll say that these deals are only available on the phone or at the door. If that's the case, you can be assured that this is a high pressure tactic. So say that you'd like the information mailed to you and then make sure that you ask specifically for a comparison between your own provider's amounts 
and what you would be getting and make you sure that you're asking specific questions about, you know, whether or not the deal is an ongoing deal or whether it's something that's only got a promotional rate to it. The other piece that you want to really make sure is if there is a promotional deal, say for one, three or six months, what's the cost that it would leap to after that point? And make sure that you do a real comparison between the two. But again, it's not easy. I think getting it in writing is probably the very best thing you can do. At the CRTC hearing last fall, Anne Keynes and ACT urged the commission to impose a 60-day grace period on cable, phone, and internet contracts. Here's Anne explaining why that would be an important concrete solution. I think the 60-day period or a period is as concrete as you can get because I think right now it's a limited two weeks or 15 days or something like that, which is really inadequate because before you know what you've got, you have to start using it for a while to know whether it's appropriate for your needs. And uh, so I think there is no harm in saying that we all have that. Communications technology and the telecommunications industry are changing rapidly. Prices seem to be all over the place and hard to predict. But as Constance Lafontaine from ACT points out, it's always important to be firm, put your foot down, and try to get the best possible deal for yourself. When we were doing the some focus groups and some interviews with seniors, we realized that about half of them did not know that you could negotiate a contract. And that was shocking to me personally because I've always you know, I've always known in all of my dealings with telecommunication providers, I've always tried to negotiate. But for a lot of people, they first acquired their contract at a time, or, or they first acquired telecommunication technologies at a time when prices were much more regulated that they, than they are now, like landlines. Um, and so they've lived at a time when there was a kind of understanding that the price was fair and was fixed. And younger generations have never had that expectations, that expectation that their telecommunication service provider was going to give them a fair price right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So that is also a kind of something that was really surprising, um, also surprising to seniors when we were telling them that they could negotiate. Constance also thinks that we need to consider age diversity and digital diversity as we move forward with media policy in Canada. What is digital diversity, you may be asking? So digital diversity, understanding that it's not a given that all citizens will have the same knowledge of technologies. Also, we don't, it is not right to expect that people will learn new technologies just to keep up with whatever is most economical, most profitable, most expedient for either, either corporations or governments. We have to understand that there are people who have lived a very long portion of their time with different technologies um, and to, to expect them to learn new technologies to you know, uh, participate in democratic processes, for instance, in, in consultations, um, or to be able to just negotiate a fair deal for telecommunication services, which should be a basic right, it's completely unfair. And so we need to account for that and we need to set up measures that, that create a system of respect for people who have different, um, different knowledges about digital technologies. Finally, we check back in with Laura Tribe from Open Media to talk activism. There are bigger groups in Canada, like Open Media, who are following this issue and putting pressure on the Canadian government to make changes. Uh, well, Open Media has a few resources available, so we're a good place to start. Uh, and one of the things that 
we do at Open Media is try and monitor some of those things for you uh, to make sure that if issues are coming up, we can kind of cut through it and make sure that people in our community know what's happening and what it means to you and try and explain it. Uh, and we will try and sort of respond to questions as they come up and make sure that's clear. So I think in terms of education, finding people that can explain it, whether that's open media, uh, whether that's a bunch of other resources. I know Concordia has got some great resources uh, and there's a lot of different groups working on that. But I, I think the bigger issue is don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. Uh, you are fully capable of having and using a really loud voice to advocate for yourself. And whether that's with your telecom company and not being afraid to sit on the phone or go into their stores and keep asking questions until you really know exactly what you're getting and you're confident in that decision, uh, or to bring someone with you to make sure that they're helping you understand it because you have a right to make sure that you're clear on what you're spending your money on. Uh, but additionally, you have a voice in the political space as well. Uh, the Minister of Innovation, Navdi Baines, has a lot of say on these issues uh, and has deferred some of these issues to the CRTC and we'll wait and see what comes out of the sales practices hearing. But that only happened because he told them they had to study it. Uh, when we first went to the CRTC and when groups were complaining about these issues, the CRTC said, not our problem, basically. Mm. Uh, and enough pressure was put on the government that the government finally said, okay, you're going to need to study this because this is a problem. And so those kinds of letters to whether it's your MP or the minister in charge of this uh, go a lot farther than I think people realize. And so I would really encourage people to take the time, if you are frustrated, if you are concerned, to both ask for help, but also demand something better because we aren't stuck with the status quo. We really can make a change. And we've seen it happen on a lot of different issues and we're really hoping that this will be another one of them coming up. As we've seen throughout the course of this episode, abusive telecom sales practices are a real concern for seniors in Canada, but there is something we can do about it. Whether it's getting informed, standing up for ourselves, or finding other friends or organizations who can stand up with us, we can turn this problem around. Organizations like the Canadian Association of Retired Persons and Open Media are monitoring these large companies and providing useful info to Canadians of all ages so that they can know their rights and stand up for dignity. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Act Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our guests, Anne Keynes, Lauren Tamlin-Watts, Constance Lafontaine, and Laura Tribe. We'll be back with more episodes in the coming months, and you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'm Bipasha Sultana. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Aaron Lakoff and produced by Aaron Lakoff with the ACT Project. ACT is based at Concordia University and funded by the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council. Find us online at actproject.ca.